0: It's great to have you here on the Clark
1: Howard Show, where it's about you and your wallet. I want you to learn ideas from me so you can keep more of what you make. Clark.com is our main website. ClarkDeals.com, where you go to save money. And speaking of which, coming up in a few minutes, I've got a, instead of a Clark rage, I have a sizzling deal, and later yet, I'm going to talk about what's going on with personal care products, products you buy for your home, paper goods. The prices are, in a classic riddle, going up and down at the same time. I'm going to tell you how to get the down and avoid the up later. I want to talk right now about something that is really frustrating to me. Our political leaders in Washington call them leaders as a joke, they're so out of touch with ordinary, everyday Americans. And there's no better example of that than we had the worst data breach in the history of the modern era last year with Equifax. The personal information, deep personal information of nearly two-thirds of American adults with credit files were exposed and I'm talking deep and so a criminal with the information is in a position to create any kind of havoc by using your identity they wish not right now not next week not next month not next year for the rest of your life now you would think when something this egregious has happened because of Equifax's negligence, gross negligence, that our representatives, that's right, it's called the U.S. House of Representatives, would be scrambling to do something about providing a layer of protection for you and me. But if you thought that they actually cared, you were mistaken. They've done nothing so it's been left to people closer to you and me our representatives and state governments all around america are proposing bills that are percolating and moving through state legislatures that will give you added rights in dealing with the equifax fallout the most common thing happening In various state legislatures is something that is way overdue and that is an elimination of fees for doing credit freezes and credit thaws. If you are not aware the most effective tool you have in dealing with the Equifax complete wholesale failure to protect the deep data files they have on us is that a criminal will take that information and apply for credit as if they are you and me, among other things they might do. Credit freeze is a simple process that provides you not perfect protection, but the best there's been of your personal information and puts your credit in the deep freeze where a criminal, even with all the information on you, is prevented from obtaining new credit as if they're you. But to add salt to the wounds, in most states, you and I have to pay in order to freeze our credit. And that's what various state legislatures are in the process of pushing through their systems. But in the height of incredible arrogance, the lobbying organization that represents Equifax, TransUnion, and Experian is pulling out all the stops in a cynical move to stop in their tracks each of these state initiatives. If you have a story to tell about this to your state representative, your member of your state assembly, your state senator, I would love it if you would call him or her and advocate for eliminating the junk fees that you and I face trying to protect our own identities. We have a link for you at Clark.com where you can very easily, based on your address, if you don't know who your state rep or state senator is, you can see who that is and let them know this is important to you. As for your congressman, your two senators, I don't think they care. I really don't, because if they actually did care about their constituents, this would have been a priority. It's no place in Washington, and that's why we've got to push through the 50 states the changes we need. An example of that is we in the United States still don't have a national credit freeze law. It's been up to each of the 50 states to do that. And this is something that I love this, because people in business who are trying to avoid responsibility to the public will say, well, we don't think it's right to have to comply with 50 different state laws. So we're going to try to kill those. But at the same time, there's no move, and they know it out of their cynicism, to do something like that as a national streamlined procedure. The cost for a credit bureau to set up credit freeze on one of our accounts when you do it online is probably somewhere around a nickel. So if they want to charge me a nickel to do it, well, they could do that instead of making it free. I'd love that because it would cost them more in credit card merchant processing fees to collect the nickel than what they'd get. But there's no reason, no way, not ever, that we should have to pay. Now, in one state legislature, there's a bill right now that has a lot of co-sponsors that would, at the time of a child's birth, automatically freeze a child's credit till a child was 18 years old. And the reason for that is children are especially vulnerable to identity theft because it allows a criminal to establish a new identity that someone may not recognize for 18 years. And that's a great idea as well. Right now the credit bureaus in the states where child credit freeze is legal make it very difficult administratively for you to proceed on credit freeze. Now let me talk to you for a second about your situation. If you're a regular listener to me, you've heard me talk about credit freeze over the years, and especially since Equifax is gross negligence. So you may have heard me talk about it, but you may not have done anything about it. Please, even though you're going to have to pay in most states, go ahead and take the steps to freeze your credit to avoid the incredible hassle you have protecting your own name after the fact. If you go to clark.com slash Equifax... You'll see step-by-step step how to do the freeze and how to proceed forward with credit and your identity from that point. Alex is with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hi, Alex. Uh,
2: hello.
1: How's it going, Alex? I'm doing pretty well. How about yourself? Wonderful. Thank you. Alex, you are an ambitious sort with how you handle money. Would you I... say that's true?
2: Um, I wouldn't think so. I think it was just more of the environment I was raised in.
1: So you were raised to be very careful with borrowing money. Is that true?
2: Uh, Yeah, making sure you don't overspend what you actually have. I was brought up, like, if you get a credit card, that you have the money in your account already um, before you just charge it to the card so you can pay it off immediately.
1: Well, I love that because it helps you establish rock-solid credit, and at the same time, you're using credit as a payment system instead of using it as a tool to borrow at very high interest rates. Good for you. So what are you thinking about doing now?
2: Basically, I just purchased a home, and I am doing relatively well after getting out of college, and I was wanting to know... Should I start taking some of that extra money that I would? I guess I guess I'm trying to decide whether or not that extra money that I have, if I should start investing it and saving until I can just pay that the, the house principal off in full, or if I should just every month just pay on top of. Uh, How old are you, Alex, uh, that
1: you're thinking uh, this way already?
2: Uh, I'm 26.
1: All right, this is fantastic. So at 26, I'm not that concerned about you worrying about paying off the mortgage or prepaying it. What mortgage interest rate do you have?
2: Um, I believe it's like 4.25 or maybe 4.5.
1: Right, and that's fixed for the life of the loan? Yes. All right, and what are you doing to save for retirement at 26 years old?
2: Um, currently, um, in regards to savings, I just have enough for six-month expenses in my bank account, and then I'm only doing the 401k and 6% uh, company match that my company offers.
1: All right, uh, way before you would prepay any on that mortgage, I'd like you to put a monthly deposit instead— into a Roth IRA. Okay. At 26, that gives you a 40-year window for that money to double over and over again, probably at least four turns of doubling the money that you would put into a Roth. The wonderful thing with the Roth, the money uh, grows tax-free and then you spend it tax-free. So that's a fantastic advantage. And how much extra were you thinking of paying towards your mortgage each month, if you did that route?
2: I was thinking around 300 maybe. Oh, my goodness. Could...
1: You'd be perfect for doing a Roth. That would be the thing to do. When you have $1,000, I want you to pop open a Roth IRA, and then each month after that, just set it up for an automatic deposit into that Roth of that $300. That would be a much more efficient use of surplus cash than prepaying on, uh, by historical standards, an extremely low interest rate mortgage. And if you go to my investment guide at Clark.com, you'll see all the pieces in place about how to build that Roth, companies you might choose, the right investment choice to put in that Roth, and you're going to be in incredible shape because you have the right mental attitude about money, you're living on less than what you make, and the maturity you show with wanting to pay down debt is so extraordinary. But in this case, use those instincts you have to live on less than what you make to build more money for when you're not making money anymore and you want to bag work and retire.
0: Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple. 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases. And 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA. Salt Lake City Branch. Subject to credit approval. Terms apply. Normally,
1: you would be hearing right now a Rages moment. But today, it's time for a sizzling deal. We are in the midst of a price war on cell phone service that is going unnoticed. Because really, once Christmas is over, people aren't paying any attention to cell phone plans, cell phone offers. But right now, right underneath our our noses, there is a price war going on on the discount brands of the four majors, Verizon, T-Mobile, sprint and at&t now the most aggressive with this has been t-mobile's discount brand metro pcs that is offering a deal right now that two people can have unlimited everything for a total of 80 a month all junk fees included three people 90 a month total all fees included four people a hundred a month all fees included for unlimited data, unlimited text, unlimited talk, blah, 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 blah. Boost, which is the discount brand of Sprint, is offering the four lines for 100 bucks. Cricket, which is the discount brand of AT&T, is offering four lines for 100 a month with a big asterisk. In order to do the four lines for 100 a month, with cricket, with the unlimited data, unlimited talk, unlimited text, blah, 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 cricket gives you a slower data performance. They purposely dumb down the speed that the data operates. So it could be frustrating having the slower speeds. So the system will run faster. It's just if you go on the cricket thing, it is slower. Verizon has responded with a plan at 95 a month for a family of four. But on the Verizon offer, which is through their discount brand, TotalWireless.com, which you can see at Walmart stores, four people pay 95 a month, but it is not unlimited data. It's 25 gigs shared among four people, which would work for most families, but it's certainly not unlimited. Three people pay 80, two people pay 57. What a weird number. But the data you get declines, so three people would share 20 gigs, two people would share 15. So it all depends on how much data you're using right now, but the point is you can stay on whichever network of the four majors you're comfortable with, and you just move from their uh, traditional flagship brand, Verizon, T-Mobile, Sprint, AT&T, to each of their discount brands, and all you do is save money. And it's completely the same service, except in the case of AT&T with the Cricket, where they dumb it down. So choice is yours if you're paying a lot more than that, Think about you're multiplying what you're paying extra per month times 12. Think how much money you can save per year. A lot of families will save nearly $1,000 a year
0: going to these plans versus what you're on now. First, the bad news. SAP Business AI won't help you generate Cubist versions of your family's holiday photos, but it will help you understand which supplier is best to help you roll out your plant-based packaging in Southeast Asia. Identify the training your junior project manager needs to rise up the ranks and automate repetitive tasks while you focus on big innovations so you can be ready for the next opportunity. Revolutionary technology, real-world results. That's SAP Business AI. Great to have you here on
1: the Clark Howard Show where it's about you and that wallet of yours. I want you to learn ideas from me so that you can save more and spend less and don't let anyone ever rip you off. Clark.com is our main website, and you can follow me at facebook.com slash Clark Howard. I want to talk about something that's one of the great paradoxes of shopping right now, is that prices of things are going up and down at the same time in so many retail categories. As an example, you think about uh, what used to be called health and beauty as a category of both manufacturing and retail, or paper goods like toilet paper, paper towels. Um, Kleenex is the the brand name that people say is like a generic. So we call those facial tissues would be the generic way to say it. And so in these categories like razors, I mean anything that involves a personal care item, health and beauty aid, um, paper goods, trash bags, anything like that. I want you to look at this. If you go into a retail store, look at the brand names. The big thing in the brand names right now is so far beyond the old slogan of new and improved. It's beyond that. With them trying to get you to do what's called a sell-up in the industry for you at your end of the transaction, a buy-up, where they're trying to convince you this new paper towel is so unbelievable. I mean, not only can you use it to dry, but it will improve your skin health at the same time, or whatever claims they're making. And every product category, the brand name manufacturers Are suffering erosion of market share to discounters and store brands. And this is happening. I think about toothpaste. So I use a toothpaste that typically is 88 cents at Walmart and a dollar at Dollar Tree. Yeah, so I spend the 12 extra cents when I'm at Dollar Tree for a full size bottle, a full size container of toothpaste. And it's funny, you look in Walmart and the 88-cent toothpaste are on the absolute bottom shelf, unloved, and they're there for people that are ultra-price sensitive like me, but what's at your eye level? The newest, greatest, improved the most, Crest or Colgate or I don't know what other brands are, toothpaste, but anyway, that's what they've got there right at eye level trying to create that sense of urgency that you buy that. Shaving cream, I buy off-brand shaving cream for a dollar a can. But at the same time, people who buy brand name shaving cream are seeing all these new pretending-to-be innovations that are boosting the effective cost per ounce of shaving cream through the roof. And you can look at every. I could give example after example after example of consumer products where that's going on. Razors, I mean anything you could think of, deodorants, whatever. So no, that's the game. So remember I said this is all going on with trying to boost the prices, creating this fake image of how great these enhanced products are, because remember they're way past new and improved. Because the soft underbelly are the people buying the 88-cent tube of toothpaste like me, or buying the store-brand trash bags, or the store-brand paper towels, or the store-brand detergent, or whatever it is. And it's because consumers, one by one, day by day, are deciding that the quality of the off-brand or store-brand isn't just good enough. It's actually great almost always. I remember decades ago in my TV work, it has got to be 20 years ago, I did a series called Store Brand or Name Brand, Which One Will You Choose? And it was absolutely fascinating going up to people with their shopping carts and hearing from them how they pick and choose what goes in that cart. And when people had name brand items in their carts, over and over again, when I'd ask why they bought that brand, what they would say back to me is they would parrot back word for word the slogans from their TV ads. Remember that. Your senses, your emotions are being manipulated to get you to spend that extra money. If you came in my home, you would see generic and store brand everything because that's how I roll. Aaron is with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hello, Aaron.
2: Hi, Clark. It's such an honor to speak with you today.
1: Well, it's great to have you here, Aaron. And you want me to put on my marriage counselor hat right now. Is that right?
2: (laughs) I
1: do, I do. Uh-oh, let's see. Um, let's see how I do. Now remember, when you are receiving any type of marriage counseling on the air, remember it is general advice and do not take this <laughs> as advice. You know how they do those disclaimers on any of those relationship shows.
2: <laughs> okay, so um, so my husband recently paid off one of his credit cards in a lump sum. Um, and he's pretty much close to maxed out on all of his other ones and just pays the minimums each month. Um, And now he has started using that credit card again and swears to pay it off in full every month because he thinks he's improving his credit that way. And I think he should just cut it up and put that money towards paying off the other cards before trying to build his credit by using the cards again. So who is right?
1: Well, actually, let me tell you how it works. And then okay. you decide who's the winner here. Okay. So roughly a third of your credit score is based on how much of your overall available credit you're using. So okay. if someone has a multiple credit cards, let's say, and you take all the credit limits on all those and add them up, and then you figure out how much of the available credit is in use right now, if that ratio is more than 30%, your credit score goes down. If it's more than 50%, it goes significantly down. And if it's <laughs> if it's much above 50%, your credit score collapses. So it's not as important how your husband is using the credit cards. Does he use this one or that one or the other one? The more important thing is how much overall of his available credit he's using. And when you tell me he's maxed out or nearly maxed out on a bunch of credit cards, that Mm -hmm. destroys his score. Destroys it. So on that score, you are completely right. On the path he needs to be on, he needs to be about reducing the amount of his overall available credit he's using. And if he's got a bunch of credit cards maxed out, oh, he's not going to like what I'm about to say. (laughs) You'll like what I'm about to say. And you'll say, Clark said. Yes, I will. (laughs) But the thing is, he needs to stop using credit cards at all for purchasing anything at this point Mm -hmm. and go cash only. And his goal needs to be to reduce the outstanding balances on the cards he has. And that's what will get him back to a healthy score. I don't want him closing any accounts, though, because I think you mentioned right. closing one of the accounts. You don't want to close no. accounts because that would be harmful to that whole ratio thing I talked about.
2: I just think he should—previously, I had him cut up all of his credit cards, which made him stop using them. But then when they would renew and they'd send you out a new one, he would get the mail, and then he had a, a fresh one to be using again, so— I just think you should cut them up and ignore them.
1: All right. So like, I don't want up. you to be the bad guy here and be the messenger because, you know, people shoot the messenger. I want mm-hmm. you to have your husband call in and me tell him straight straight up, he's got to stop using credit cards the way he does. And well, I like your idea getting idea. him to cut them all up, but leave them open. Mm-hmm. And that would be a great path because he's got to break the habit. He's got to break the pattern or he's just chasing his tail financially, and he never gets to a point where he can improve how he handles money and improve his credit score. Phil is with us on the Clark Howard Show.
2: Hello, Phil. Hi, Clark. An honor to speak to you, sir.
1: Well, great to have you here. Okay, I got to tell you, Phil, I love your question, and I only get asked your question about once every two years.
2: I'm very glad to hear that. That was actually going to be my first question. I, I try to pride myself on being a regular listener, and I have not heard you talk too much about this one. So I, uh, I wanted to get your thoughts on the uh, on the difference between uh, select term and return of premium uh, term insurance.
1: So return of premium insurance is a really unusual thing. You buy a life insurance policy for a set number of years, usually 30. Is 30 the years you're looking at on a return of premium? That's exactly right. And so with a return of premium term policy, the way it plays is that you pay roughly 30% more in premiums each month or each year, with the idea being that if you live all 30 years, and never let the policy lapse over the 30 years, the insurer returns all your premiums to you, and you get uh, what I think is a tax-free return. I I shouldn't say that for certain, but an embedded rate of return usually of about 6% on your money, much better than you could usually earn otherwise. And what the insurers are counting on is not that you're going to die in the 30 years, that could happen, but that's not how they're hoping to get out of having to return the premiums, but that most people will not keep a policy in place for the whole 30 years, and then they've gotten 30% extra premium each year all through the years that they just pocket.
2: Right, so if somebody feels as though they're confident that, they can sustain the length of the contract, you you believe that that would be a viable path to take?
1: Yes, this is a circumstance where if you have obsessive-compulsive disorder, this mm-hmm. is perfect for you, because you're able Good. to turn that disorder into an economic benefit.
2: Excellent. Thank, but, thank, thank you for that. But wait I saying, really
1: make, appreciate su- it. make sure make sure that You are buying from a company that is rated A-plus or A-plus-plus by AM Best. Okay. And according to producer Joel, who checked up on me, the return of the money would be tax-free, because it's a refund of money you paid in over the years. Even better. Icing on the cake. How about that? And I want to hear from you in 30 years, Phil, while I'm in my urn somewhere, that... (laughs) You actually did make it through all 30 years of that. Was that too negative to say I'm going to be in my urn? I'm going to have to find a free urn somewhere. Bobby is with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hi, Bobby. Hi, how are you? Great, thank you, Bobby. You got a question for me trying to put Costco and Sam's Club head to head.
2: Yes. Um, I live in a small town, and I need some hearing help. Um and I wanted your opinion because I value it. Um, we, I'm going to have to travel, uh, and there's towns smaller, smaller towns close to where I live where I can go for the hearing test and the hearing aid. But I want to know what your opinion is of uh, a, a private office as compared to maybe a larger um, store or whatever
1: so there's radical change going on right now in the hearing aid industry because of a new law that is phasing in over the next couple of years the cost of hearing aids in the united states is finally going to move to world prices which are generally 10 percent of what we've been paying in the united states wow and so it's great for somebody to lose their hearing in about two years from now, but if you need them today, there are already much cheaper devices starting to appear in the market. I'm looking at Sam's Club's website right now, and they're selling some hearing aids that you can only buy online for three hundred and forty-four to three hundred and seventy-eight dollars per ear, mm-hmm. and that's so cheap compared to where hearing aids were. Uh, We are going to get to a point in the United States where hearing aids will be just a routine purchase item that will start at about $200 an ear. But what Sam's Club has done is already a big move in that direction. Costco sells in its stores a private label, their private label is Kirkland Signature, that is an ultra-sophisticated hearing aid, but is going to cost a lot more than these that are being made available by Sam's Club. Costco, you are tested in person at a store and you buy the hearing aids in person. So if you've never worn a hearing aid before, you're not sure you're going to hang with it, uh, you might consider one of the ones you can get from Sam's Club. Audiologists very much disagree with what I'm saying and the idea of buying one online because they want to really check out your hearing and see if you have any underlying medical issues that need to be addressed but the plain fact is that most people faced with spending six thousand dollars on a pair of hearing aids do nothing and the much lower prices are changing the market it's time for ask clark that's where you post a question for me at clark.com producer joel asks it for you Joel, what you got? Yeah, Clark. Maureen wants to know. She says, I understand that you should have 10 times your annual salary by age 67 for retirement. Does this include the value of your home, and is this recommendation per couple or per person? All right. Now, that is a fantastic question. The most common answer, actually, is that you need 25 times your annual income saved by the time you would retire. And the idea of that is whatever age you'd retire, if you hit 25 times your income, that you could potentially never run out of money if you live on 4% of what you saved. And then you'd be able to deal with inflation over the years and all that. So that's to create a complete comfort zone. The 10 times is considered to be part of a puzzle where you mentioned age 67, you're getting your regular Social Security check at that time. You would have money to draw on from the money you saved. Um, you may have little pensions from prior jobs. So 10% is, 10 times, I'm sorry, is the minimum threshold for someone to have enough to not live a life in retirement of financial insecurity. But if you want to go for the whole shooting match, it's 25 times. You're listening to The Clark Howard Show. If you've enjoyed listening to this podcast of our show, I'd love it if you'd subscribe. Whatever your favorite podcast app is, we're pretty much there. And whether you love what you hear from me or hate it, take time to write a review. It's how we all learn from each other is from those reviews.